It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, and glad all of our listeners can join us. First up, from the latest Smart Driving Car newsletter, the GM subsidiary Cruise has postponed plans to launch a driverless taxi service this year. It's saying it will be increasing the numbers of test vehicles it has in San Francisco, but won't be offering a service to regular passengers, and there doesn't seem to be a new timetable. Uh, yes, and um, this is, uh, I guess, realistic, but it is uh, a substantial amount of cold water uh, being poured on top of um, uh, really uh, the advent of uh driverless uh, shared ride mobility. Um, They've been testing it in San Francisco, and I guess it's not going well enough uh, for them to to start a service. Um, One question is, is, um, is, is San Francisco a good place to start? I think at one point uh, they they were going to start in Manhattan and, and one knows that that's not a good place to start. And so immediately they pulled out of there. It became obvious, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> in all these things, um, you know, you can either take a first step uh, to the thousand mile journey. And uh, that first step is important. And you want that first step to, to be as easy as possible, or you want to do the, the Frank Sinatra approach, which is, if you can make it in New York, you can make it uh, anywhere. And uh, that's saying, hey, let me start with the toughest possible place uh, to do this and uh, and achieve. And therefore, uh, I now have proof that I can do it everywhere. Uh, that, sec- that second Frank Sinatra approach is a, um, um, <laughs> I guess, uh, when you're naive, you say, hey, I can do that. Um, uh, but otherwise... Uh, you quickly learn you better run the Hollywood first and try it there before you um, before you try Manhattan. Uh, so um, I guess that's what but that may be part of what they're finding um, in, in San Francisco. Plus, plus, I don't think San Francisco is a good place to start at all. Um, what's the constituency? A, a bunch of people that already have good mobility and you're not going to provide a, a, a maybe an improvement over it and and sit there and, and do that? Or, or do you want to find a true constituency in which you're a substantial improvement uh, over the mobility that they currently have and, and therefore build a, a strong uh, consistent, uh, constituency for your brand? I don't believe they've been able to build a constituency. And uh, so, um, uh, you know, people in San Francisco, hey, they can use Uber, they can use Lyft, uh, they can use uh, um, uh, BART, uh, they can use Muni, they can use taxis, they can use uh, their, their chauffeurs, uh, their, their black limousines. Um, uh, uh, in a sense, uh, driverless um, is out there competing with all those things. Um, plus, um, so many of the people in San Francisco are, are really rich and they can afford it. <laughs> so, um, you know, who's the consist- constituency that the, the GM was building? I don't think they found one. 
except for somebody who'd say, oh, you know, uh, as long as you're really good, well, maybe we'll use you. Um, as opposed to somebody who said, my goodness, uh, you're really valuable to me. Uh, thank you. Um, um, let me, uh, let me uh, be your supporter. Uh, but um, anyway, I, I think that this welcoming environment and the welcoming uh, constituency is really important. And I suspect if you did a, um, a survey in, in, in uh, San Francisco and you ask, hey, do you really want GM to be running uh, uh, driverless vehicles around our streets? Um, you, you probably couldn't find a group that, that would say yes. As opposed to maybe what Waymo is doing in Chandler or what we're trying to find here in Central Jersey is to find, find communities that, that could be really helped by this technology. And let's start, let's take the first step of this um, thousand mile journey uh, there and, um, and let's, let's make sure that they're happy and they want the this, this system to continue and they're going to um, uh, press their their Congress um, and Congressperson, their 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 governor, their their um, their mayor to say yes, uh, this is good for for us uh, for this community, and um, and it really helps us, and uh, and therefore uh, create the welcoming environment for the technology. So. Um, uh, this is um, this may be a, a rude awakening for uh, for GM crews. Um, I don't I don't think San Francisco is the right place to start. And at the same time, Cruz has had an application in, I, I believe, for the state of California, uh, wanting to put uh, some of its electric vehicles on the road that don't have steering wheels, etc. And Automotive News is reporting that uh, Finch Fulton, a deputy assistant secretary at the U.S. DOT, is saying a determination could come soon on that petition. Uh, A public comment period had had ended uh, back in May. Yeah, so so that petition is going before the the, uh, federal uh, Department of Transportation uh, to permit um, uh, the uh, the uh, use of public streets by vehicles that don't have an explicit uh, uh, steering and, and, and control mechanism in your steering wheels, brakes, and pedals. You know, there are some implied regulations in um, federal motor carrier uh, regulations that that um, that require those those uh, those devices on vehicles. Um, and of course, the application that GM is making is to say, well, you know, in, in a driverless vehicle, um, this thing, uh, uh, sensors and algorithms are, are doing this, and uh, and and the driver, a, a human driver, um, is is not part of the system. Uh, certainly, there are ways to uh, to basically uh, still plug in and and use a joystick and so on for a human to control these vehicles, but the explicit uh, control mechanisms aren't present uh, because um, uh, the the theory is here is that in fact, um, the algorithms can do a better job by themselves uh, than to have the the, um, uh, supervisory uh, aspects of a human um, uh, overseeing them 
uh, because uh, because the reliability of that human in a supervisory role is is not very good, uh, as it was uh, uh, demonstrated in 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 in, in the uh, start. Of starkest of terms in the crash of uh, that involved uh, the killing of Lane Herzberg in in, in Arizona. Uh, that system had a, a human uh, in the uh, attendant position, uh, ready to take over if uh, something uh, was about to go awry, and unfortunately, um, uh, that part of the system failed. Um, but of course, the system itself also failed because it, it saw a lane and didn't do anything about it. Uh, so here we had we had a double failure. Uh, but um, uh, but uh, that just points out the fact that relying on a human uh, as an oversight uh, mechanism may not be uh, the uh, the really safest way to approach this. The safer way to approach it is to make sure that the algorithms and the sensors on the on the car work well, and um, and in the Elaine Herzberg uh, situation, that's very clear. The, the car was operating outside of the, the domain in which the system that would have uh, stopped the vehicle um, wasn't operating. Well, you know, um, that's pretty easy to fix, and I imagine that piece of it has been fixed, uh, and so therefore <clears throat> um, uh, it could. Uh, Begin to it wouldn't be the the, the failing entity and and uh, the uh, Elaine Herzberg crash could have been averted, uh, but that's what's involved here and uh, and of course uh, if one's not going to have uh, uh, human supervision uh, as part of the um, real time uh, safety mechanisms uh, in the vehicle. Uh, then there's no need for the steering wheel, uh, certainly, and there's no need for the brakes, uh, the brake pedal, and the and the and the throttle. And so um, those those systems should be removed. In fact, the, the steering wheel in a car is is uh, is is a very unsafe element of the car. Uh, yes, we now have collapsible steering wheels, and we put airbags on top of them. Uh, but my goodness, that that, that um, uh, protruding element inside a vehicle is uh, uh, causes a lot of damage to a lot of people. Interesting, and I think I misspoke uh, at the outset uh, of, of that topic, talking about the California involvement. This is a, a U.S. DOT. This is a U.S. DOT, and the U.S. DOT needs to come out and uh, and and establish a mechanism such that such vehicles are permitted on public roads so that the local entities can't go out there, uh, those that uh, and, and, and basically preclude uh, uh, the use of vehicles that have been so approved uh, to use public roads. These are public roads, uh, and some of them are under the jurisdiction of the federal government. And those roads um, should have, should be available, and so um, uh, that's where the, this this ruling is is important. Uh, I, I'd like to argue that local roads under, are under local jurisdiction, uh, and um, because local local folks pay for those and maintain them, and 
you know, the, the local streets in Princeton are Princeton streets. And if the governing bodies in Princeton and the Princeton community um, uh, decides that uh, that GM vehicles with that steering wheels are okay to be used on our streets, then, uh, then um, we shouldn't have to ask the federal government. Um, um, the, federal, the federal government, um, US 206, which is a which is a, um, a federal road, uh, one with, that was uh, provided and, and is supported by federal funding, then maybe there uh, the federal government could step in. Also, the federal government can give guidance uh, uh, to uh, local, local uh, entities in terms of, of their uh, permit processes. But I think it's uh, there, it should be a limited to, uh, to, to advice as opposed to um, uh, a dictum uh, coming from the federal government. Um, but there'll be a lot of discussions about this and let's, uh, let's see where the uh, federal uh, uh, Department of Transportation comes out on GM's application. And there've been several others too. So um, um, we'll be commenting about this uh, in the future. Right, and they're saying it's coming soon. In the newsletter, uh, you highlight a piece from Eflux Architecture titled Learning to Live Together. And part of the focus there is on the importance of the curb and how that ties in with autonomous vehicles. Well, uh, yes, I put that in there because um, uh, I think that uh, this mobility is all, its focus should be to enhance um, uh, communities and uh, and uh, in the enhancement of communities living together is is a fundamental aspect of it and that plays to the um, to the sharing and especially the shared ride aspects of things and when you get to that point um, instead of us being in each of our own individual vehicles protected by the surrounding sheet metal or whatever it is in glass uh, so that we think that we're indestructible and uh, don't even have to uh, um, acknowledge uh, anybody else's presence in our community. Uh, the idea of sharing and, and the uh, building of a, of a community is, is really important. And um, the interface between, uh, between people and these vehicles that we would share in terms of getting from A to B and, and provide uh, better mobility and integration and and, um, and, and uh, hopefully harmony within our communities is the curb space, is the curb. Uh, the vehicles would, would be pulled up uh, 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 against the curb. That's the, the curb is the access point. And I think uh, the discussion that they started in, in that article, I found very interesting. And I just thought that I would share it with our readers and, and, and allow them to start commenting and thinking about it. Uh, again, uh, this mobility is, is all about improving the quality of life and, and um, uh, creating a better sense of, of community and, and integrating our communities. And I think that's where its fundamental importance is and its fundamental value lies. Bosch and Daimler this week uh, announced uh, they've received approval in Germany for a parking system using what they call level four automated technology. They call it, I didn't, I didn't say it, Alan, uh, and that's for daily use. 
Yes, and uh, yeah, uh, it's not level four. I mean, whatever, Le level four, just because it can go from A to B and without any anybody driving, and it can go A to B without anybody driving and in a parking garage where everything is protected and nothing happens. It, it, you know, this is not a public road. This isn't serving... Uh, the mobility needs of a community to to become uh, to improve uh, you know quality of life in any substantial way it allows you to you know uh, not have a valet park your car or in a in a private uh, area I mean uh, Elon Musk would say he's had that for you know at least a year because you can do a summon on using your autopilot to pull your car. Uh, without anybody in it, out of your garage, uh, into your driveway, a big deal. I mean, I, it's doing something, but it, it's it, it's it's not providing mobility. I think you know it's it's allowing um, it's allowing expensive cars to be sold to uh, to a small percentage of the one percenters. Uh, so, so in some sense, uh, you know. Uh, yes, it's 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 something, but um, but it's not level four. And if that's level four, then you know the SAE standards are just are, are focused only on uh, basically the conventional automobile and the, and providing uh, comfort and convenience uh, to the uh, to the person that, that goes out and and, and buys it. It certainly doesn't uh, address um, mobility for the mobility marginalized. It doesn't provide additional mobility to to uh, to a community and, and to those that that, that haven't had access to uh, libraries and 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 educational and and and, and um, uh, employment opportunities. Uh, uh, that the rest of us have because we happen to uh, be able to drive and own our own car. So um, uh, great, it's a, it's a technological achievement, but it, it's not a societal achievement. I guess this next story is a, maybe another example of uh, some of the pullback that that's going on. A French autonomous vehicle manufacturer, Navia, uh, has changed its plans to enter the fully autonomous vehicle market Instead, it's going to focus on producing self-driving technologies for third-party developers. All right, I, you know, I, I guess it implies that that, that um, in, in their attempt to to deal with the vehicle and uh, and the service uh, together was um, was basically a little bit too much for them, and um, and. What they what they're looking to be is a as a supplier of of, of the um, piece uh, that uh, that does the sensing and the control. Uh, that's the technology piece. That, that, that in in this to make this a business, uh, it requires more than that technology. It requires the operation and the delivery, and and the uh, the trust. Um, uh, building that is required to have a customer set uh, come to use it, uh, appreciate it, uh, pay for it, and 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 continue to use it. Uh, that's what the, the the business part of this thing is. You know the the research, uh, the academic papers, the putting it on the on the shelves of our offices. 
uh, you know, that's, that's the technical piece of this, uh, much of which um, is, is just a whole heck of a lot easier than building a business uh, that has customers that are willing to reach into their pocket and pay for the, the, uh, the service that is offered and be happy about paying for the service that, that, that is being offered and appreciate it and come back and, and use it repeatedly. Uh, that's what a business is, and uh, apparently uh, uh, Navia is, is seeing that it, it is having trouble establishing that business. Street Blanc USA has a report with the headline, Pittsburgh Reveals the Downside of Self-Driving Cars, and this talks about the lack of communication with everyday people, something we've talked about a lot, uh, lack of meetings, public hearings to address potential concerns when it comes to testing in the city there? Yeah, I, I think, again, we it's what I'm actually focused in my research on is the creation of this welcoming environment, uh, this, this basically starting in, 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 the, in the grassroots, starting with the, both the people that are going to be served and the people that are going to be impacted. And, and, and getting their views and their opinions. This isn't about swashbuckling and coming in there and saying, lawyer up, we're doing it, you know, take it or leave it. Uh, or, you know, getting a, a, a sweetheart deal from, from, the, from the top of the, of the decision process. Um, you know, it, it's good to have leadership out there at the top. Absolutely, that's necessary. Uh, but that is not sufficient. Uh, what is also necessary is having the grassroots, because in the end, uh, those are one of your customers uh, that are going to have to come back every day and reach into their pocket every day and pay you every day uh, for the provision of that service so that you can afford to be there and provide it. And, and secondly, uh, for them to, to not turn against you and and, and throw monkey wrenches or Molotov cocktails or, you know, you name it, uh, go out there and jack up your vehicle and, and put it on cinder blocks and steal the wheels. I mean, you know, this is, this is a, this is a community thing. And it's part of the, it's, it's going to use community infrastructure and it's going to pass down streets in which there are businesses located, homes located, people live, parks, uh, recreation facilities. So everybody has to have a buy-in. And, and so this is what's so hard about getting started. One needs that, that buy-in, that welcoming from that whole environment. Otherwise, any one of those entities can go in there and basically put a stop to it. It's tough enough that you have the whole automobile industry trying to protect its... Uh, legacy uh, systems that the businesses that they've had for a hundred years of selling automobiles to us as individuals, it's bad enough having them uh, being against you and, 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 and trying to uh, at every turn uh, make sure that you're, uh, you're not successful and, and, and you don't take their business away from them. Uh, you, you can't also have the customers who, who may be the ones that can benefit from this um, uh, be against you too. So you, you really need this welcoming environment uh, from that grassroots. 
And I think that that's what the, the Pittsburgh article points to and very pointedly. Uh, Pittsburgh had it, you know, it was wonderful that the mayor allowed Uber to, hey, please come in here. We, we love you doing this. For Uber, if they don't succeed in getting the driverless, they're going to die. It's going to go bankrupt. They, they, can't, they can't support their current valuation. Uh, so they absolutely need it. But what they need is, is that they, they need to have their customers being supported and the people in, uh, who live on the streets that are being used to, to serve those customers uh, being, being on their side. Uh, they can't warrior up with those folks. I mean, those, those folks, will, I, again, uh, they'll, they'll find all, all sorts of very simple ways to just make it not happen. If it doesn't happen for Uber, um, they can't possibly scale, and uh, their current valuation is, is just a hoax. And uh, their chief competitor, I suppose, Lyft, is releasing a subset of its autonomous driving data, uh, saying self-driving technology presents a rare opportunity to improve the quality of life in our communities. And your comment in the newsletter is pretty much what you just said. These companies can't survive without it. They can't survive without it. And I think Lyft's approach there is, again, trying to be a good citizen. Uh, why? Because then the, the grassroots might, might appreciate a good citizenship here. Because, of course, this is all about being a good citizen on their part. This is about providing mobility to enhance the quality of life of, the, of these folks in these communities. That's, that's, what, that's what it's for. It, it's not about safety. It's got to be safe. You know, if you just wanted safety, you don't need all this stuff. You, you know, you can make you you can make the current car safe. Uh, just just keep the driver from you know exceed, exceeding the speed limit by more than nine miles miles per hour. My goodness, uh, you've 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 done a whole heck of a lot for safety. Uh, just keep the driver from uh, not the uh, 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 drifting out of the lane or cutting people off or, or tailgating. Uh, you know, the auto industry could readily uh, improve safety uh, by just doing that. Uh, of course, they haven't because how do they sold this, these things to us? They sold this, these things to us by, you know, putting into our, our heads the fact that, uh, oh my goodness, uh, we can do all these things. And, uh, and in some sense, um, even suggesting we have the right to misbehave on the road um, uh, because they show us on close course says where we can do donuts and race through, uh, you know, uh, deep snow and 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 do uh, slide turns and da, 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 and so on. I mean, you know, so it's it's not safety. Uh, this is about quality of life, accessibility. Uh, mobility on demand 24-7 uh, by everyone in a shared environment that also then uh, uh, serves, uh, serves the, the environmental aspects of, of this. And, and, and that's a community thing. And so um, uh, uh, I think that's what Lyft, uh, and that's one of the reasons why Lyft uh, released the data is, again, um, trying to come in there and say, hey, we're good citizens. Uh, we we're trying to uh, help the community. Um, uh, please work with us. 
And you're talking about all the safety equipment in vehicles. State Farm is out with a report asking, are we driving dumber in smarter cars? Uh, it says uh, drivers with advanced safety technology in their vehicles are taking more risks, and they've got some data that they're showing on that. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's it, it, in the data, it's true. It's true. Nobody, a lot of times, nobody wants to drive. I would prefer to text. I can't believe that people are actually uh, uh, face uh, timing while driving. I mean, you know, I, I don't use that stuff, you know, even when I'm not driving. I mean, really, uh, uh, my goodness. Uh, but people don't want to be driving. And if they have some of these features, they go out there and let them do it. They do it. Uh, you know, um, I don't know. Uh, before I had any of those things, I, I, I actually drove uh, down the street with the, the steering with my knees. Um, uh, I shouldn't admit to that, but I guess I've done that, uh, you know, while I'm eating my uh, hoagie, haven hoagie, and uh, uh, who knows? I don't know. But, but yeah, it's, um, yes, uh, it is an enormous comfort and convenience to not have to uh, uh, sit there and watch the, the speedometer to make sure that you, uh, you you go at a constant speed and to uh, not have to uh, uh, sit there and, 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 and jiggle the steering wheel back and forth to stay within the, within the center of a lane. And, um, and if we have some technology that does that some of the time, we'll probably use it and we'll use it to do some of the things that we want to do. Uh, so that's, that's really part of the issue with respect to this, this attendant aspect. Um, if, in, in, if that we were talking about earlier, <clears throat> if the system is, is out there doing it for us, uh, us, uh, standing over it and watching it and making sure that it that it works really well is is uh, is not doesn't seem to be a thing that we've been trained to do nor that we want to do and so of course we're going to take liberties uh, and that's why we really need to get to a system in which my goodness um, it's so good that we don't want you uh, 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 trying to be helpful you know uh, it, uh, I guess uh, garages used to have um, have signs in them that said, uh, you know, if uh, if if I'm going to fix your car, it's going to cost you a uh, hundred bucks an hour. If you watch, it's going to be a hundred twenty-five bucks an hour, <laughs> and if you help, it's going to be two hundred bucks an hour. Um, you know, when when you have an expert system that knows what it's doing, that's doing the right thing, uh, we should just let it do it. And finally, from the MIT Technology Review uh, is a headline that says, an algorithm that evolved killer StarCraft bots is training self-driving cars. Yes, and, and uh, yes, uh, people are working on these things. You know, this is, this is all the deep, uh, deep learning uh, uh, neural network things uh, and it's uh, kind of interesting that there's a comment in there that 
that says, uh, hey, um, um, every once in a while as we're going through this process and, and, and adding more data and retraining and retraining, we have to tweak some parameters. Well, huh. uh, whoa, I mean, um, uh, that's kind of scary because here, here now we have, we, we still have the human in the loop of this, of this uh, neural network uh, deep learning system. And the human is in there tweaking, uh, tweaking some of the numbers. I mean, uh, that, that almost seems like it's a little bit of black magic that's being applied to the black box uh, that uh, you're trying to uh, train. Um, uh, that kind of sends some chills down one's spine, but uh, uh, whatever. Um, uh, there is some black magic that goes into all this, and um, uh, hopefully it's, it's good black magic. Yeah, they're talking about, I think, uh, Google's DeepMind uh, AI being used in this instance, right? Uh, right. I, you know, I mean, it's it's a little scary when, you, when you know, you're there tweaking the, the, the parameters on a robot. <laughs> um, I guess the robot's not really autonomous then, is it? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> anyway, uh, some food for thought for this wonderful weekend here at the end of July. Absolutely. And that's going to do it for, for this edition. Uh, you can find us at smartdrivingcar.com, also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. You can get your smart speaker to play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy, everyone. It's, um, it's the middle of summer. <laughs>